Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of Dissenting Melodies. Songs for protest. Songs of protest. Songs of protest. Songs of protest. This is the very first episode of our podcast featuring me, Delaney, and Joe Default over there. Hi, I'm Joe. You're Joe. That's me. (laughs) Know my name. (laughs) Do you? I hope so. I, it's only been, what, 21 All years? All right, back on track. Back on track. <laughs> We're working on the opening, We're guys. working on it, guys. Uh, anyway, so for those of you who do not know, um, specifically everyone who wasn't in my podcasting class, this is a podcast kind of going over protest songs throughout history, describing their relevance to society, describing what they were trying to say, how well they said it, and all that kind of stuff. Except this time, we have a fun little twist for y'all. We're going to do episodes about an hour long, give or take, depends on how long Lainey and I get into it, mm-hmm. um, featuring two songs with very similar messaging, or in some cases, very antithetical messaging to each other. Um, in this case, our episode for today will be Born in the USA by the one and the only Bruce Springsteen, and our other song today will be uh, Fortunate Son by Creedence Clearwater Revival, which Not- I have... A clear favorite, but we'll get Ooh, into that. I have a clear favorite, too. Oh, you do? Interesting. What's your favorite? I won't tell anybody. <laughs> My, I love Born in the USA a lot. See, well, this works out. This is why we're a duo, because I was going to say Fortunate Son. Mm. Okay. We're, we're going to get into this. But the first song we're going to talk about is Born in the USA. So to give our lovely viewers some background... This song was written by Bruce Springsteen, who is a New Jersey native. He was born and raised in Long Branch, New Jersey. Uh, He played a ton of shows in Asbury Park and the Stone Pony uh, growing up as he was developing his music career. He is a local boy as a New Jerseyan. I love him. I'm sure that that's he's like a state icon, I would even say, but more so a state icon. He is an icon for the working class. Most of his songs discuss class struggle uh, growing up with working parents or working yourself it goes into a lot of the struggles associated with not being born rich i would say uh born in the usa is absolutely no exception it was born it was born (laughs) it was written in 1984 almost a full 10 years after the end of the vietnam war but it mainly focuses on staunch criticism of the treatment of veterans after the vietnam war as just as well as being just an anti-war anthem. Uh, Springsteen was notably drafted for the Vietnam War at 19 years old, but he didn't serve because he failed the physical exam due to a concussion during a motorcycle incident. That On brand? Yeah. It, the government saw that and was like, you can't serve with a concussion. So he didn't have to. Um, we have a ton of stuff to go over this song. It is absolutely loaded with anti-war imagery and messaging but i would like to kick things off with saying that ronald reagan did use this song in his presidential campaign in 1984 which is wild to me because that song stands for everything that reagan is against i would say Mm -hmm. (laughs) so to kind of kick things off where did you want to start First, I want to start out, thank you so much for asking and inviting me to the podcast. I'm having a blast. You're welcome. Um, I wanted to let those who were perhaps unaware that Born in the USA was not the original title that Springsteen was writing this song under. Born in the USA, as it's now famously known, a, a American classic, I feel like it's just fair to say, was almost called Vietnam Blues, which you really do get this sense of. Um, the song is, like Delaney kind of mentioned, very anti-treatment of veterans after, after the Vietnam War, but also, in a way, anti-war in itself. So, I thought we could kick it off with the music video, mm-hmm. as I like to do, because it offers a little bit of visual symbolism that goes along with it. Um, so, Springsteen's video, obviously, um, his song was published in 1984, so music videos were just starting to become a thing. Um But his video is interesting in the fact that it immediately opens with kind of this pro-national U.S. stance. There's immediately an American flag, um, and it transitions to Springsteen himself performing live. Um, Later on, there's a lot of home videos of an average U.S. family. And lyrically, I really liked they had um, the line, Long Gone Daddy, 
with playing simultaneously with this American U.S. family of birthday celebrations, of teaching kids how to ride the bike, um, prom, these very traditional U.S. events mm-hmm. um, for families. There was also later in the music video some clips of veterans and the effects after the Vietnam War. But what's interesting, and I'll bring it more up when we talk about Fortunate Son and how they chose to do their music video, the veterans in this um, were all being portrayed very happily um, in enjoyment with one another, despite their physical injuries being very much on play and the effects of the war. Springsteen almost is trying to produce this very pro-nationalistic and pro-U.S. Um, um, agenda. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that, Delaney? I, I would agree with that. Uh, one of the things I noted was um, in the music video, it cut in between clips of these veterans, uh, one of whom notably was missing an eye. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it would cut in between that and back to imagery of factories and mills Mm -hmm. and there was a very remarkable scene of a line outside of a food stamp uh i'm not sure what the word is for it but so a place that distributes food stamps Mm -hmm. um so i would say that he definitely juxtaposes this idea of the quote-unquote happy veteran with the conditions that they were historically known to live with um i don't have statistics but it was it is an ongoing fact that veterans have higher rates of homelessness mm-hmm. and they are more prone. They have higher suicide rates and some of them are living in poverty. So there's definitely a statement to be made with this music video that Springsteen is trying to convey that living conditions for veterans are poor. And just to raise up that point of what Lainey was saying about these statistics about homelessness, mental health issues suicide springsteen does kind of embed these ideas in his songs as well clearly it's more visually um kind of blatant in his music video how could it not be um the lyrics or his i should say the music of born in the usa does a great job of kind of hiding this kind of message but in verse four uh he has this line very quick immediately kind of goes there and gone they're still there he's all gone um Referring to the effects of PTSD and how this man, despite having left the war and quote unquote being safe from um, mortal danger, I should say, mentally he's not okay because of the effects that he went through in Vietnam and by extension, um, U.S. war in general. Yeah. And I, one of the things I really like about that line in particular is the idea that the war didn't change anything mm-hmm. because Vietnam is still very much mm-hmm. there. People very clearly still live there. But the people who died in the Vietnam War are forever gone. Which, that point, it, it actually, same verse. He really liked verse four. Um, with this idea of, I'm not sure if anyone's familiar with the Kaishan. I think I'm butchering that. I believe it's Kaishan. Kaishan. Thank yeah. you. Kaishan. Yes. Yes. Apologies. Um, this line about how he had a brother at Kaysan fighting off them Vet Khan. For those who aren't aware of very mo- uh, mi- mi- military strategy in the military kind of battles of the war, that particular battle kind of encapsul- encapsulates the, the futility of the Vietnam War. It was a battle not against the Vet Khan. Unfortunately, Springsteen did not get that one right. Um, but it is this battle that took quite a while to win it was a heavy loss type of battle and the u.s while they eventually did win gave it up months later so all of these lives that were kind of lost for this strategic strategic position means nothing because of this kind of abandonment of of the the battle in the area right yeah and that's an ongoing theme in this song in particular is how all of this happened and uh one of the things in verse two is like, got in a little hometown jam, so they put a rifle in my hand, mm-hmm. sent me off to a foreign land. Um, that is very indicative of these people had no choice in fighting mm-hmm. this war. You were drafted. Uh, historically, you saw like uh, draft card burnings mm-hmm. during the Vietnam. It was a era heavy with protest against 
drafting. Well, that particular line is also interesting in the fact it doesn't just refer to drafting. Mm -hmm. Obviously, drafting is what we're going to think of, but it's a poorly kept secret, I should say, that during the Vietnam War, to meet quotas of trying to get more um, soldiers to the U.S. military, if someone committed an offense in a town, they were often given the choices by judges Mm -hmm. of jail or enlisting of their own, and I'm quotation marks, which you can't see, free volition. Mm -hmm. Um, So yes, drafting is clearly the one that is the most notable of not having a choice. But I also think it's interesting that there is this very blatantly kind of misuse of of, um, a political power to force people who are not, who do not have that same power into this war that, again, we'll talk about more with Fortunate Son, my clear, my clear favorite. (laughs) Um, But that does not, that does not exist to the 99%, the average working American that Springsteen is so clearly writing about. Mm Mm-hmm. And kind of pivoting off of that, I said before during my spiel about who Bruce Springsteen is, I said that he is generally considered a working class icon. Mm -hmm. And a lot of his songs focus on the working class. Um, It's funny we're actually talking about this because just today I was uh, listening to Born to Run, which is one of his earlier albums, and it is just littered with themes of being in a small town growing up in a small town generally not without or not with a ton of money and just craving freedom Mm -hmm. which is why there's such an inch i love this song because it talks about the opposite of a lot of what of his other songs are writing about which is freedom Mm -hmm. there's this whole thing it's like i was born in the usa which is generally I would say... The nation of the free. The nation of the free. Like, that's our motto, I would Mm -hmm. even say. And to be... To start off the song with such a clear imagery of freedom and then immediately turn to, I was basically forced to join the military and now I am being completely cast out by my country is Mm -hmm. powerful writing. I love the style of writing. There is no doubt that Springsteen uh, has the power behind his lyrics But I like the fact, too, that even before the military comes into it and this kind of forced militarization, Springsteen's speaker or the character that he's writing from, this persona, is still born down in a dead man's town. He's Mm -hmm. still not experiencing the privileges that, you know, the 1%, quote unquote, would say. Um, But someone who has constantly been abused like the working class has. Yes. Um. But, you know, whether or not you can take – there's a couple interpretations of how that line could be, whether it's nothing happens in the town or the town is extremely dangerous. The implication comes to this fact of because he – his character and, by extension, the working class does not have the power. They aren't able to prevent um, the forced drafting and and forced service in the Vietnam War. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm going over, like – all of the lyrics again. And I think one of the other key themes here is helplessness. Oh, yeah. I would say. Because you get out of this war and you are not regarded as a hero because, well, by this point, there was so much hatred of the Vietnam War. And by that point, um, I believe by the end of Vietnam War, Nixon was no longer the president. Can you check on on that, actually? Yes. That might have been during. But regardless, you come out of this war and you are clearly traumatized. It is one of the most violent wars in history. Okay. So the war was still going on when Nixon came out of office. So there was almost no one to turn to because the primary i would say that nixon is like one of the primary figures of america during the vietnam war oh absolutely like he is the guy oh absolutely peace sign nixon exactly (laughs) but he's gone (laughs) by the time the vietnam war ends leaving you without kind of this figurehead to like lean to for support when you get out of this war and then you you try to turn back to your old job like there's this line Mm -hmm. of 
he tried to go down to the refinery where he mm-hmm. worked before he got drafted, and they won't take him. So he goes down to see the VA man, and he says, son, you don't understand, or don't you understand? So he's just, he's helpless. There's no one that can help him get a job. Yeah. He has no money. He has no prospects after getting out of this war, and he doesn't know what to do. And I feel like that is one of the nuances of the song that isn't clearly spelled out, mm-hmm. but it is definitely there because mm-hmm. almost immediately after the uh verse three where he says he went home and he went to try and get a job again um he goes into talking about verse four which is what we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. about his experiences in vietnam with um his friend who served in the war and died mm-hmm. so he has nowhere to turn to but his own memories of this war mm-hmm. Like, he he just can't help it. <laughs> and I think it's especially when you look at the timing of this song. Springsteen produced this song and, and released it in 1984, mm-hmm. which is, you know, almost 10 years um, after, the almost 10 years after the Vietnam War ended. Um, nearly 30 from when it started. Yeah. Did I do that math right? Yes, yes. I did. I'm not a math major, guys. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, but he makes a point in his last in his last verse of talking about how I'm ten years burning down the road, nowhere to run, ain't got nowhere to go. Exactly what you're saying about how the fact is these veterans came back from war to a place that you know they fought to protect, but were unable to protect them back in this way. Yeah. So you have this poor veteran or this this veteran who has, as he put, nowhere to run, ain't nowhere got nowhere to go mm-hmm. they don't know who they are they don't know what to do they have i won't go as far to say no purpose um but i think springsteen is being incredibly critical with born in the usa as kind of this um false or counter narrative to the vietnam war i should say mm-hmm. which is especially interesting when the song gets kind of twisted to be this pro-U.S. nationalistic anthem, Mm -hmm. like how it was in Reagan's campaign, but also, in general, uh, a lot of Springsteen songs, um, I'm an English major, I really enjoy tragedy, uh, but a lot of his songs actually fit into these series of tragedies on an individual, but also a societal nature. It's hard not to, to read Born in the USA and some of other Springsteen songs and not feel this kind of sense of tragedy that mm-hmm. is inherent with the powerlessness of the people but also kind of the desperation of when things are done without their consent mm-hmm. and without their say so and i need to i need to talk about the reagan campaign because i i'm not sure if you guys understand how insane it is that ronald reagan used this song in his campaign not for long not for long but like i because on the surface level, one of the defining features of this song is that it sounds patriotic. For lack oh, of yeah. a better descriptor, this backing beat of like the dun, 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 it is nothing. It is in a major key. It is yep. meant to sound upbeat. It is meant to sound inspirational. Mm-hmm. And the very first words out of Springsteen's mouth are born in the USA. It sounds like a patriotic song. It sounds like a song you're playing at the barbecue. Exactly. Fourth of July barbecue. It, fireworks. Exactly. It is... As patriotic as you can be, I think, which makes it so much more impactful that so many people miss the point mm-hmm. of this song. Because I think it even adds to that, like, narrative of purposely misinterpreting the facts. Exactly. Like, this song is very much, as you're saying, meant to be, it, it has a very um, kind of anti-soldier treatment and anti-Vietnam War but on the outs- outside, and because of the tempo, because of the, the lyricism, um, or not the lyricism, excuse me, that's actually the only thing that's not having it, but having the <laughs> tempo and the beat and the other musical terms that I unfortunately do not know because I was never very good at music. But it, again, sounds very positive. It sounds upbeat. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, like Lainey was saying, it's fascinating that the song is so willfully misinterpreted. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's, just, it's, and it's fascinating to me. The people who do misinterpret it are the people mm-hmm. who are not, not, not necessarily in the ninety nine percent. Yeah. So, the, and that brings me back to Reagan, who did use this as a campaign song. Now, Reagan is famous, 
hi, poli sci major here. Reagan was famous for Reaganomics, which was a system of economics that was meant to boost the U.S. economy that famously failed for the most part. But Reaganomics was mostly about cutting federal income taxes, uh, cutting the spending budget for the U.S., which means cutting programs, Mm -hmm. such as programs that would help veterans, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's worth noting, scaling down government workforce, maintaining low interest rates, and all of these things are pretty much against Bruce Springsteen's views. Which is why it's ironic that he uses this because Mm. everything that Born in the USA is saying about what is happening to veterans, Reagan is actively campaigning against. Mm -hmm. So just as a side tangent, he was asked by uh, journalists, be like, what is your favorite Bruce Springsteen song? Like, they're clearly trying to call him on it. Mm -hmm. And he was like, Born to Run, which is... Um, also a very anti Reagan song, but that's another song for another day. And Springsteen hated that his like song was being used by Reagan. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely worth noting because he, Bruce Springsteen is famously a staunch liberal who opposed many of Reagan's views. And when he was like playing a, a concert and he talked about Reagan using his song, Uh, He said, the president was mentioning my name the other day, and I kind of got to wondering what his favorite album must have been. I don't think it was the Nebraska album. I don't think he's been listening to this one, which is a very subtle dig because Nebraska is one of his more political albums, which, again, is mostly against what Reagan was campaigning for. But all of this leads back into saying that I feel like most people don't understand what the song is trying to say. They listen to it and... They hear that upbeatness and they say, this is a pro-America song. This Mm -hmm. is a pro-patriotic anthem, I would Mm -hmm. even say, which is just untrue. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And if you really want to, like, listen to this song, read through the lyrics, listen to it. And it is ingenious how he uses that upbeatness to portray this idea of, no one is listening to these people because they are seen as American heroes, but no one is treating mm-hmm. them like American heroes. It comes back to the idea of how can you say that? It's exactly what you said about the American heroes but not being treated like an American hero. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of this ag- agenda that Springsteen very heavily seems to be kind of arguing about that there is this narrative of we support veterans and... Um, being pro-United States and, you know, militarization and just this type of agenda, but then turning around and not respecting and not kind of um, supporting the people who have made this agenda happen or and who you were actively targeting with, the, you know, increased militarization efforts. Mm-hmm. So Springsteen does an excellent idea of portraying these ideas, I think. And I think it's interesting that um, in addition to this this narrative, he is modeling this in addition on his album art. Yes. You, he's a behind, he's in, um, in, behind, in front. He's in front, yeah. In front of an American, thank you. Yeah. In front of an American flag. Obviously, being pro-America, it's hard not to include an American flag without that little light bulb going off. But then he also is dressed in red, white, and blue. Mm-hmm. He's emblematic of the American flag that he's standing in front of. It's supposed to be that way. It's symbolic of the sense that this is supposed to be an American standing in front of you. But I also think it's important to note that he's not dressed as... He's not in a suit. Mm-hmm. He's not in a button-up. He's not in anything partic- particularly fancy, fussy. This is something that someone who is, you know, working for a living, a blue-collared worker... Um, someone who's very clearly not influencing policy would wear. Mm-hmm. I, I'm so happy you said I was just about to say he is wearing uh, bleach jeans with bleach mm-hmm. stains on them. Uh, there is a red cap hanging out of his like back pocket. He has a belt on. He has mm-hmm. a white tank top on. There's tan lines. Like mm-hmm. This is not what many people would consider to be a mm-hmm. rich American. This is... Yep. Again, iconography of a working class American. And I think at first glance, it is very much supposed to be, wow, American, American flag, American in front of it. But in the same way that Born in the USA is kind of this dig um, 
of having a working class American be the representing kind of figure, the 99 percent. Mm-hmm. Be this representing figure of what America is and what America looks like. I think it's such a powerful statement in the same way that Born in the USA is such a powerful statement against the way we treated vet- veterans. And we continue to treat veterans. Veteran yeah. programs could be a, could be a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't make any additional political stances there. But I will say as someone who my father was in the military, um, I have family friends who were Vietnam vets. And Springsteen's message is very much one of of anti um, kind of programs for veterans um, and not having these resources and opportunities Mm -hmm. for veterans. Yes. And I think that that's a good place to stop our discussion of Born in the USA. Absolutely, because I think it's a perfect, perfect entrance into Fortunate Son by Creedence Clearwater Revival. So Creedence Clearwater Revival was formed not under that name, in California when the band members were in college together. Uh, At the song's release in 1969, the Vietnam War was still very much ongoing, still very much raging. And it was generally not known yet because the Nixon papers hadn't been released yet, how demoralizing the war was for veterans who were serving the average american did not know the true cost of the war at this point john fargerty who is the frontman for crean's clearwater revival was drafted and he wrote this song while he was technically serving although he was never deployed to vietnam he worked in fort knox so he was still very aware of how the war was happening but he didn't fight in it he wrote this song in, according to him, 20 minutes because he was so angry about what he was seeing in his position. The song quickly climbed up the Billboard 200 and became one of the leading anti-Vietnam anthems during the war. And I think that this one is going to be different to talk about than Born in the USA Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. Born in the USA was released 10 years after the war ended. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This was released at the height of the Vietnam War. Uh, the Battle of Sekhan, uh was a year previous. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we are in the thick of it. Um, I'll let you take this I'll one away. I'll kick it off. I'm really <laughs> excited if you couldn't tell by my weird noises. Um, so first I want to build off something you said about how John Fogarty kind of made um, this anti-war statement. And I want to make it very clear for those who weren't listening. Born in the USA is about soldiers' treatments. Um, like that. Fortunate Son, in that way, is not anti-soldier. I want to make that very clear. Despite it being about soldiers' experience, John Fogarty is anti the Vietnam War, which you can very clearly see, despite this focus on the individual of the so-called Fortunate Son. Yes. So, just to, to kick it off, I think it's important to talk about the repetition, um, the constant use of I ain't no blank's son, um, it ain't me, it ain't me, I ain't no fortunate no, one, no. So... During this kind of chorus, um, choral repetition, there is three different things um, that the, this no fortunate son, this anti-fortunate son, I should say, is not. So first, he ain't no senator son, because if you were a senator son, you could avoid um, through political power and kind of influence there. If you were a millionaire's son, a so-called fortunate son, um draft you weren't allowed to be drafted and you weren't allowed to be in the military if you were in actively in college taking classes if you were a millionaire and this was um it was a practice i don't know how popular it was but millionaires would just keep having their children be enrolled in colleges and taking classes because again if you were actively in college you couldn't be deployed and you couldn't be drafted um military son refers to military if you're in the military um even if you are drafted you're not going to be sent into the thick of it quote unquote you might be at a military base or just in an area where you're going to be least likely out of danger um dwight eisenhower his grandson grandson is kind of usually referenced in that particular one because he was never he avoided the war Mm -hmm. despite being you know, having his, his grandfather be Dwight Eisenhower, um, he, ne- he never 
had the war, and that was because of kind of the political makeup of the family. Mm-hmm. So the speaker, um, based on the title and based on this repetition, again, very important, repetition, bring, ringing a little bell to us that things are important. Um, but the fact that he is not a fortunate son, the entire song is playing on this idea of this inequality that is very inherent to both the speakers, but also at this point, kind of everyone at large. Um, so I did want to bring up that that um, kind of fortunate song, that repetition there. Um, Lainey, do you want to pass? Do you? I'll pass it off to you if you have anything you want to add because I, I have another little rant I want to go into. I, I appreciate that because okay. I would like to add. Uh, you kind of touched on the idea of like people who are rich could afford to oh, just yeah. keep enrolling in college mm-hmm. to avoid the war. This was a practice called draft deferment, mm-hmm. and it was not an uncommon practice. I'll put it that way. Uh, and one of the key things I want to bring up before we get into the thick of this is some relevance to today. Um, so like Born to Run, not Born to Run, Born in the USA, uh a lot of politicians used it incorrectly as like this patriotic anthem. Oh yeah, very easy to do. Very recently, Donald Trump actually used it in his campaign during a uh, rally, and it is worth noting that Donald Trump himself did dodge the draft for Vietnam, which is exactly what John Fogerty is trying to criticize in the song. And John Far- he found this so egregious that he sent a cease and desist to Donald mm-hmm. Trump. So he's he practices what he preaches. And it is worth noting that this policy of draft deferment was not uncommon. And people who this war only happened like 50 years ago. There are people alive who mm-hmm. dodged that draft and can live to tell the tale with it. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, there is this idea that since so many people who served in the war were not rich and they were lower Mm -hmm. middle working class there was almost like a class war thing going on here hinted at in the lyrics oh yes very very yeah i wouldn't even say hinted at i would say that john fogarty is trying to say that vietnam is just as much a war of class as it was of two countries. Absolutely, absolutely. He makes, there's a line of, um, yeah, some folks inherit star-spangled eyes. Now, at first glance, that reads as very patriotic. Some people are just born patriotic. It very much is dependent on the family. I know personally I was born into a very pro-militaristic, pro-patriotic family. But I also think you can interpret that line as not just inheriting patriotism, but also inheriting the draft, uh, being forced to forced to serve, um, this being a something that was passed down because of your socioeconomic class. That because you're not a fortunate son, you are going to be forced to inherit this. It's, yes, it's this kind of um, th- this class thing you're inheriting. Um, so I think that is also something to note i also wanted to bring up these two particular lines in the instance of lord which of course that could just be john fogarty trying to put a more of a colloquial spin on this but i was taught that when um fate is capitalized and when lady like luck is capitalized and when lord is capitalized they are referring to a higher power Mm -hmm. as a general rule of thumb now, in the lyrics I'm looking at, Lord is capitalized. In my interpretation, in the two lines, which are, Lord, don't they help themselves? No. I think that very much is implying it's supposed to kind of king off in your head, God. Um, in that particular line, the Lord, don't they help themselves? No, I think is specifically a riff on um, this like biblical verse, this expression of God helps those who help themselves. That you are, that that as much as, you know, God loves and protects you, you also have to do the work. You have to do the heavy lifting. But in this context, this this purposeful riff of having it be, don't they help themselves, implying that they are helping themselves get out of this war and are therefore leaving it for those who don't necessarily deserve, deserve it. Um. This, there's this expression that, you know, Lady and I have talked about in 
you know, off off our off the podcast of it is a rich man's war but a poor man's fight. Yes. This kind of common expression. But there is again this reference of God and they don't help themselves. This implication that Maybe, you know, the speaker is is pleading with God to make this fair, this um, this plea of equality. And you again see this, this there is a plea to God later of in verse three. It's, um, oh, they send you down to war, Lord. And when you ask him, how much more should we give? Oh, they only answer more, 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 more. And I love this particular verse because in my mind, it very clearly is a double entendre with Lord. I think it's very easy to read that as Lord being um, the military, which I think is the most common interpretation, I would say. It's the one you pick up immediately because it is a very um, anti-war song. And in this case, the the more that they're sending or the more that they're giving, I should say, is troops. So when you when you listen to the line of how much more should we give? Oh, they answer more, 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 more. That is implying you're giving troops for the, the fight. But based on kind of what I've already said about Lord and it being capitalized in this um, kind of connection to God, I also don't think it's too far out to to think that maybe Fogarty intended for this to be a reference to God and an asking of God specifically, how much more should we give in reference to lives and soldiers' lives specifically, especially when the answer is more, 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 more. This war is, this was written, this song was written in 1969 the war had six more years it is by this point already gone for 14 years yes again not a math major it has gone (laughs) for 14 years so i don't think there's there's any sort of i don't think fogarty was um i think he purposely put this in this to draw this connection of there have been so many lives lost already in incredibly horrific ways that the public doesn't know about um, necessarily because it's not made been made public knowledge. Um, but I, I really love this particular set of lines because I think it's so easy. And Lainey, back me up if this is just me reading into it. Um, but I really think that the how much more should we give and the answer of more, 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 more really can be read as both simultaneously even of troops but also lives. No, I would absolutely say that because i i i agree that it is a double entendre Mm -hmm. but i almost also see it as the speaker almost pleading yes with god oh yeah here because like the entire thing is almost it almost feels like a prayer of like Mm -hmm. why is this happening Mm -hmm. what is like how long can this go on before we say enough um and i absolutely agree with you that when the speaker is like when they send you down to war, Lord, you ask them how much should we give? They only answer more, 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 more. I absolutely think that that is not only the speaker pleading with God, like how much more can we possibly give to this? But you're right. It's like you, how much more can we give and how many more souls can God Mm -hmm. take from this war? I, I also want to, and I know that this is your song and you are so into this and I'm loving it. I'm in love with this song. There's also definitely something to be said about the uh, uh, taxman comes to the door. Oh, the yes. house looks of rummage sale. Yeah, I. that's an entire tangent oh, in yeah. itself. Oh, yeah. I'll just say quickly before you get into that, I don't want to steal your thunder. Oh, no, no, go but ahead. But the same point that, you know, Fogarty is very much being this is an anti-war song not anti-soldier again think back to my or remember my previous statement it's an anti-war song it is also this song about this inequality yeah um and i'll let you explain with the taxman specifically but again in reference to who are the fortunate sons well they're the sons of senators millionaires and military mm-hmm. so i think the born silver spoon in hand lends itself to the argument the taxman i'll let you take it away but i certainly yeah. i certainly agree that fogarty does make this a song about also economic inequality. Mm-hmm. There was a practice, uh, I'm assuming then during 1969, mm-hmm. where in order to kind of almost I, I, cheat, the, cheat the system, cheat, cheat the system. That's a good way call. Of what it is, it. cheat the system. It, to cheat the system, uh, people who are on the higher end of the tax bracket, so who would have gotten taxed at higher rates mm-hmm. than people who are lower income, would do things to. Uh, 
how you say skew the numbers a little bit oh yeah to make them seem poorer than they actually are and part of that was uh getting property in poorer areas uh areas that are not quite as well off and making themselves seem less well off than they actually are i feel like that's the best way to put it uh, in this way, when the tax man came, the house looks like a wreck. It doesn't look like you have a ton of money. They wouldn't get taxed as much. Mm -hmm. This is all to feed into the idea that John Fogarty is trying to play at here, where it is easier for the rich to get by oh, yeah. in Vietnam era America mm -hmm. than someone who is a poor class. Because what he is saying here is that they're able to fake conditions to make things mm -hmm. easier on themselves. Mm -hmm. When meanwhile, there are people who actually have to live in these conditions mm -hmm. who are not better off because of it. And there's um, there's something to be said here. And I feel like there is an underlying message that Fogarty is trying to say here that if everyone played fair, we wouldn't have this much of an issue. Absolutely. There is absolutely something to be said, especially with like the some folks are born silver spoon in hand. Mm -hmm. They don't they help themselves, which aside from that religious imagery that you were bringing up could also totally be seen as a message of they help themselves, but they sure do. They don't help yes. others, do they? Yes. Because there is not to be saying that if rich people were drafted into this war and they didn't draft dodge like Fogarty is saying here that isn't to say that there would have been less deaths but it wouldn't have been so much of a class war it would have been a, there would have been a personal stake yes. for political agents for the military exactly. for millionaires to do something about the war and not just sit on the sidelines so yes. I, abs I absolutely agree with your points I absolutely agree but I kind of want to pivot, if it's okay with you, oh, of course. to talk about the music video. Oh, yes. So yes. I I love, as I kind of already mentioned with Born in the USA, to look at how a music video interprets um, a particular song. So keep in mind, this song was written in 1969 about the Vietnam War. The music video was produced in 2018. Mm -hmm. So, which I should add, isn't unusual because no. you have to keep in mind that this song was written in 1969. MTV mm -hmm. didn't exist yet. Uh, the, no. The very first music videos were TV broadcasts. So that wasn't abnormal. No, that's yeah. not on abnormal. Yeah, yeah. But I do want to bring up there seems to be a shift in the meaning of the song. Yes. Um, that is definitely different than when Fogarty wrote it. So the music video opens up. Um, and it is scenes of a rural America. It transitions between um, Americans of all different ethnicities, all different racial backgrounds, all different, you know, ability status. There's veterans, there's non-veterans, there's old and young families and, you know, individuals. They do a great job of, of getting everybody, quote unquote, not everybody, of course, um, but Americans yes. of all different shapes, size, colors, etc., um, which I think is interesting that that was for a song that is so much about um, this kind of like class difference and this difference between um, privilege and, a, and having the ability to avoid a war that this song very much it, the entire thing and Lainey jump in and whatever here. Mm -hmm. But it, it is just the music video is about the 99% of Americans, the working class. Mm -hmm. And it is pro-America. Yes. The scene, there's no scenes of anyone upset. They're all very happy. They're laughing. Mm -hmm. um, some of them have American flags very visible. It's scenes of, like, children playing with dogs, families around each other, um, individuals in cultural dress. Like, so I think there is very much a maybe transition. That could have been, I think, of and jump in if you have a difference of opinion but i think that's because because of how the song sounds because of fortunate son and it sounds like the song you played a barbecue and not really think of what the lyrics mean mm -hmm. i think there's been a kind of this cultural shift in what this song yes. means to people and in the same way that born um born in the usa has been it's a song that represents the working class but and still has this very has this message yes um, of the two different kind of groups, 
But I think it's fascinating that this music video didn't choose to focus on anyone I would consider to be 1%. Yes, I, I absolutely agree with you. And one of the other things that happened in the music video that I found remarkable was that every time um, the lyric, it ain't me, mm-hmm. it ain't me, it shot to a different person who had the it, it mm-hmm. ain't me written somewhere on mm-hmm. them. It, it could have been etched into the furniture. It mm-hmm. could have been drawn somewhere. But it always panned back to it. So the music video is absolutely trying to push this mm-hmm. patriotic lens, which pivoting off of what you said, again, similar to Born in the USA, this song is written in a major key. It is upbeat. It is high tempo. It is meant to be patriotic mm-hmm. sounding to juxtapose the lyrics. That is a that is an intentional choice. We have mm-hmm. to put that out there. So I almost feel like it's blasphemous to have the music video bold be that happy because I the entire point to me that this song mm-hmm. is trying to make is John Fogarty saying that the one percent have it worse off because Mm -hmm. of the conditions specifically during the vietnam war that made it easier for people who are wealthier to have it easier just want to clarify you meant the 99 percent. yeah yeah yeah. okay (laughs) so if fogarty is saying in this song that it is easier to be rich than poor specifically in the era of the vietnam war Mm -hmm. it feels wrong for the music video to have the 99 percent of america's Americans being so happy and patriotic looking and it is Mm -hmm. just overall happy scenes of them living and existing which is against the part of the song that I feel like Fogarty's trying I'm I'm not articulating this no I know I understand what your point is yeah you're this, the song is meant to be kind of um, anti-American in the era of the Vietnam War. Yeah, exactly. What, what, what Fogarty is saying is very anti-American. Mm-hmm. Let's not, um, at, at least in that era, would have been viewed. Mm-hmm. So I do understand your point. I do think it's interesting that he chose to, the, to film this music video the way he did with Americans of a modern day, um, you know, sitting and... Enjoying their families and versus like Vietnam era footage. Yes. So I do. That is an interesting point. I hadn't necessarily considered. Yeah. But there are others who share your view as well. The mm-hmm. song we were we were taking a look at the comments before we got on this uh, podcast because I thought it would be funny. Um, <laughs> and they're very divisive in the comments. They are. They they very much range to you know kind of pro fortunate son and how it's their their favorite song about the Vietnam War. Um, share that share that view, um, <laughs> but also others who kind of similar to what you were saying, Lainey, who's who was arguing that this message does not match the one that was produced in 1969. Mm-hmm. I and I I know how dreaded this phrase is, but it almost feels like the footage was, for lack of a better term, pro-American dream. I would even go as far mm, as to say, okay, because you're seeing all of these people, and they did have people who were not white people mm-hmm. who have historically been marginalized yes. showcased in this mm-hmm. video. And they were all happy and they were all, it was generally upbeat. There was mm-hmm. very little to comment on in the way of, oh, but they're experiencing this strife. Oh, mm-hmm. but this happened historically. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is like the American dream of like coming here and living your own life and being happy in your own life. And Meanwhile, I believe that the song, what Fogarty is saying, is relatively anti-American dream. That, like, there mm. are people who are being forced to fight in these wars who are unhappy and don't have a choice in this matter. Mm-hmm. Which, to me, is inherently anti-American dream. But the music video seems to juxtapose this. This is not completely, like, set in stone from the video. But that's how I interpreted it. I would, I would agree. It, it does seem very... Um, very much like um, pro-American kind of propaganda. Like this is the ideal, I would even say. And I don't think there's anything... I, I loved what you were saying earlier about the it ain't me being um, kind of represented by the individuals in the video at various points. I loved how they were showing multi-Americans, but I do think there's something to be said of would this music video have been the same in 1969 with the current cultural... Yeah kind of feelings going on i don't i don't think so no i and that's not to say that if you are in the 99 percent and you are you know a hard um 
kind of a blue collar worker and you're in a working American that you can't be happy um, in your life and you can't find joy where you can. But I also don't think that that necessarily would coincide with a message about inequality. Mm-hmm. So in, in a way, part of me loves what they did, but I also don't think that they necessarily were um, – I don't think they honored the original intention of the song. I and I'd agree. be very interested to know if John Fogarty had a hand in the production of this music video. I I would be interested in knowing that too. Because I, I agree with your point. I was saying like I don't think that that song would have had that similar of a music video in 1969. If you had to ask me, based purely on what the lyrics are saying, I would actually say that if there were a music video produced in the 1960s during this war, it would have been focused more on war and less on America, if that makes any sense. Like, not even Americans fighting in the Vietnam War. I think it would have just been about war. (laughs) What else? else? How do you feel about some folks were born made to wave the flag? Again, I think it goes back to that um, the line about inherit star-spangled eyes of some people are born they're incredibly patriotic they're born into a patriotic family but i also think that some people are coming from a tragic um a study of tragic tragedy i think the born could also be interpreted as like fate and free will Mm -hmm. that because of the draft there's not really free will there's only fate if your if your number gets called so having the some folks are born to made the to made to wave the flag or is he is he meaning to reference you're born to a patriotic family and you're volunteering and you're enlisting in the military to go fight in vietnam or is he referencing the individuals who get drafted i didn't even think about that i'll be honest so whenever i whenever like you hear about the Vietnam War. It is primarily about the response to the draft, I feel. Because arguably the most famous part of the Vietnam War were the protests Mm -hmm. to it. Because um, it was a time of really turbulent views on war in general because the world had just gotten out of World War II less than 10 years prior at the start of the Vietnam War, I believe. So by 1969, relations with war as a concept were not positive. People Mm -hmm. burned their draft cards. There were marches against Vietnam. There are famous pictures taken in Washington, D.C. of the Mm -hmm. march on D.C. to protest the Vietnam War. So you hear a lot about the draft, but you don't hear a lot about people who did voluntarily Mm -hmm. enlist. So I almost do i i really like that point i didn't even consider it mm-hmm. of maybe that is him giving a nod to the soldiers who did voluntarily sign up for this war saying like good on you you're here to represent our country mm-hmm. but not all of us did yeah because i think we also have to keep in mind the generational time frame right yes yeah world war ii 1945 um vietnam started in 1955 yeah so no, I'm not saying that it wouldn't immediately be the children of soldiers from World War II. But I also don't think that towards the end of it, there's no reason it couldn't have been. Mm-hmm. So if you're raised, I mean, it obviously, it, all of this comes down to how you were raised and your viewpoint and whether or not you're patriotic. But generally, before the Vietnam, there was a, a decline in patriotism. Mm-hmm. World War II, patriotic. Um, Uncle Sam, a lot, of, a lot of propaganda, a lot of... Um, pro-American feelings, there was a decline after that and mm-hmm. leading into um, mainly in the 1960s. Um, so I, I do think that what what we were kind of mentioning earlier, that we do have people who are patriotic and obviously enlisted, mm-hmm. as we see in any kind of American war. We see people enlist because of a patriotic sense of duty. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, there, there are definitely people who did not enlist. Yes. Um, and it all comes down to how you were raised and your feelings about this. Mm-hmm. I I would like to add on that at the time of 1969, if people – if World War II ended in 1945 mm-hmm. and presumably soldiers came home, mm-hmm. 
1945. That's the start of the baby boom, mm-hmm. generally. That means that the oldest people of that generation were about 20 in there during that time. So this is a generation, this is the baby boomer generation that grew up with a lot of fathers who participated in the war. And I think that's also a source of those volatile feelings where they know the emotional impacts of war mm-hmm. firsthand. That's speculation, but I definitely think there is a factor and there is something to be said there in kind of how generational trauma kind of plays a part in how baby boomers felt about that war during that time. But um, that's that's deep enough that you could get into an entire other podcast of yeah. that. Um, are there any last thoughts you had about either Fortunate Son or Born in the USA? Because if, if, you've, if you'll allow me to go on my little tangent, I feel like they're two sides of the same coin oh, yes. in talking about Vietnam because um, you have Springsteen who's talking about the aftermath of the mm-hmm. war and you have Fogarty and Green's Clear Re- Revival who are talking about the war as it is happening mm-hmm. and both of them are saying very different things about the same subject mm-hmm. and they're talking about two very different experiences that are somehow interconnected because of the people who fought in the war mm-hmm. um i think even adding on to that i don't think i don't think it's as far off as i think you're interpreting it mm-hmm. because if we look at um fortunate son we're looking at a, a this inequality uh privilege of high privilege, low privilege of the working class being exploited and then born in the USA, you see this continued even after the war. Mm-hmm. So I'll say that's probably, I think, the most connecting beyond the actual um, Vietnam War part of it. Yes. But I think the theme of exploitation is um, so prevalent. And I, I think it's interesting and I would be really curious to know if Bruce Springsteen um, had any sort of inspiration from Creedence Clearwater Revival and John Fogarty about the the tempo and the the use of the major key mm-hmm. in creating Born in the USA, which again I think it's it's fascinating and I could go on a whole another kind of episode just about this you know kind of ignorance and the this this purposeful mis um, misconception and misrepresentation of their works as these you know, nationalistic anthems when in reality they are directly contradicting the foundations that America has claimed to be, to be born on mm-hmm. in the fact that Born in the USA and Fortunate Son are kind of discussing privilege and the working mm-hmm. class exploitation. They're both very personal songs, mm-hmm. I feel like, because you definitely have the feeling that each songwriter had an intense connection with the Vietnam War in some way mm-hmm. while they were writing this. Whether it be, um, I, I said it before, I'll say it again, Springsteen was a working class icon, so he f- probably did work with veterans at some point. He probably got their personal experiences and saw firsthand how they were treated while, mm-hmm. after Vietnam, trying to find jobs. Mm-hmm. Then you have Fogarty, who was drafted and did technically serve in the Vietnam War, although he was not deployed. So you both, you have these two incredibly personal, incredibly intense depictions of their own experiences with this war. And not to get cheesy, but it is, I think that's the beauty of music in that sense, that you can take these incredibly personal experiences and make them and share them with the world and have them receive responses like that where you mm-hmm. have people being like yes this is how i feel yes this is what i believe happened in the vietnam war absolutely and i think that's kind of the beauty of specifically the genre of music that we'll be talking about in regards to protest music extrapolating to kind of the different protests that we'll be going into but these songs that are directly able to create social change and people are able to interact with to agree like you've said yes with that, I think that's a pretty good end to the first episode. Woohoo! I am feeling very good about this. So, I'll be honest, our schedule kind of got messed up. So this was supposed to air um, Friday, January twenty sixth. It will not be airing then. But for the rest of February, we I believe, can't read a calendar. We can't read a calendar. <laughs> it's true. 
But I believe for the rest of February, we're going to try and go for a Black History Month theme. Yes, we'll be talking um, a lot about police brutality. Um, we have some Billy Holiday. Just to, I'm excited, personally excited for Billy Holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, but no spoilers beyond no spoilers. beyond that. Um, just want to put out there, we're really excited to start to do this podcast. If you have any suggestions, find one of us and yeah. let us know. <laughs> we have our list, but we are perfectly happy to we- to incorporate i i've already gotten several suggestions from people i know so i'm oh, hoping wowza. that we have some outside influence here i yeah. i will say i'm incredibly excited because this month we're going to do one of the songs that made me think of doing in this doing this podcast mm-hmm. in the first place and oh i'm going to leave that episode i hope you know that oh yes i'm so excited for it it's okay i, I don't worry when we get to women's history month you are oh, not talking all over it <laughs> but apologies in advance everyone <laughs> But that is in the future for right now. We'll sign off and we'll say we'll see you next Friday. We'll say goodnight. Sleep tight. Think of protests in your dreams. 